I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. I don't no, know you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor, a teacher, a clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble, and I know I'm in trouble. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Who we have tonight? Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. It's always been fascinating to me how each individual predator I've caught reacts in that moment. Two weeks ago in Goodrich, Michigan, we caught a police officer who had also been a school administrator. And he walked in and saw me and he had an immediate physical, emotional reaction, a sense of entitlement. And it told me that he was in a position of authority. He was going to try to tell me how this was going to go down. And he was indignant, even though he had walked into our kitchen with a tube of lubricant in his pocket with the intention of having sex with a teenage boy. Now, I didn't know he was a cop at the time, but I went back to the crew after he was arrested. And I said, I guarantee you that he's in a position of authority. He's a cop, he's a teacher, he's a clergyman, he's something. And sure enough, when the Genesee County Sheriff's Department searched his vehicle, the high-end uh, SUV, they found three guns and handcuffs. And he was a cop. Now, on the complete other side of the spectrum is Owen Lee. Owen Lee, you may remember because he was called the polite predator. And he was. But I'll argue this. There is no less danger posed to a child from a polite predator like Owen Lee than there is from a aggressive predator like the cop we caught a few weeks ago. And we'll have more on that story coming up in our new Predator series, which is going to air on True Blue, my new digital crime network, in collaboration with Transition Studios. And we'll have more on Todd Baraka, the police officer who surfaced in our investigation, coming up also on my YouTube channel, Have a Seat with Chris Hansen. I'm going to do an interview with the Genesee County Sheriff, Chris Swanson, who heads up the department there in Michigan, where we did that investigation. Much more to come. 
But back to Owen Lee, the polite predator. He surfaced during our investigation in Flagler Beach, Florida, not far from Jacksonville. Beautiful little beach community. And it was a fascinating investigation for me, and we profiled some of the predators I caught in that investigation here on the podcast. But Owen Lee was 38 years old, mild-mannered, at least in person. He worked in a printing shop. He was a Vietnamese national. And he was married, and we'll get into his personal story in just a little bit here. But he started chatting online with a girl, or who he thought was a girl, was actually a decoy for perverted justice, who identified herself as being 13 years old. Jen is Jenna. And I'll get into the chat here in a second. But Flagler was interesting. This took place in December of 2006, right around Christmas, actually. In fact, we took a break from our investigation so the police could work the Christmas parade in Flagler Beach. Beautiful community right on the Atlantic Ocean. And this house we used was right across from the beach. There was a boardwalk there. And we stayed about a, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes away in a resort not far from Jacksonville Beach. Very pretty. And the Flagler Beach Police Department became concerned about all this online activity between predators and and children. And in fact, one of the detectives there did an, an experiment and created a profile of a teenage girl and was shocked, absolutely shocked at how many men were willing to come meet this girl. And right about then, the department got in contact with Perverted Justice, the online watchdog group, which we collaborated in our early investigations. And we decided to do an investigation in Flagler Beach. Now, we had done Fort Myers earlier, and that was very successful, as was Flagler. And here comes Owen Lee. Now, the 38-year-old had driven about 90 minutes from the Orlando area to meet this 13-year-old girl. And you'll see in here, as I share with you the transcripts of his chat, that he has reservations right off the bat. Oh, I am 38, and yourself, he says. Now, his screen name is ORL00FUN, presumably Orlando. We did wonder if it was oral as in oral sex, but ORL was probably Orlando 00FUN. I'm 13, says Jenna's Jenna. Oh, okay. I am so sorry. For what, she says. I am too old. Oh, why? I am just too old. If you say so, she says. Yes. I am looking for a female. Okay. What are you looking for? Something to do, kind of bored. What do you like to do, he asks. And she will get into a series of things that would be age appropriate. But here's the thing about Lee and so many other predators. They talk about being too old. They talk about how this is so wrong, how they shouldn't do it. But they do it anyway. And there's been a criticism by defense lawyers who represent some of these guys, unsuccessfully so in court for the most part, that the decoy keeps this idea open for the adult to act upon it. Well, the adult could walk away at any time, stop the chat and just say, I'm not going to talk to a 13-year-old girl, but they stay in the game. And this is not entrapment. This 38-year-old man could turn away at any moment 
and presumably find any number of age-appropriate women for him to talk to. And he makes it very clear that he's looking for sex, even though he admits the girl is too young for him. Now, there's a little bit of a language barrier here, but he makes himself known pretty clearly. The girl mentions that she lives with her aunt or her aunt is around and they're very close. And Lee mentions, well, maybe she'd be somebody who would be interested in me. He asks about her looks, her breast size. Does she have a nice body? He says he's looking for a female 25 to 45. He says, I am naughty, wild. Is she single? Large breasts. Jenna's Jenna says, I don't know, LOL. You don't want her. Cool, why not? Tell me. She's not nice to my grandpa. Oh, she's always saying what he does wrong. Yeah. And then pretty quickly, Owen Lee, O-R-L-0-0 fun, turns his attention back to Jenna even though he knows she's 13. Oh, but before he does that, he mentions that he would strip for the ant. I love to do that, no harm. I love breasts, he says. And then he turns it back to 13-year-old Jenna's Jenna. Have you been with a boy? Like how, she asks, intimate? Did he touching you upper front? This is where the language issue comes in, but I think we're pretty clear about him talking about the boy fondling her breasts. And then he says, wishing I was 13 again. See, he remembers the age. So we can hang out and hugging. What would you like to discuss tonight? He asks. Something naughty? Or no? Too much there? Hello? I don't know, she says. LOL. LOL, he responds. Who can you hook me with? I need a female. LOL, nobody, she says. Bummer, he says. Need a female that need the attention a lots. Again, a language barrier, but I think we're pretty clear on what he's getting at. Need someone that let me sucking her breasts. Oh, LOL, says Jenna's Jenna. LOL, yes, I love doing that. And good at it, LOL. Now again, he knows he's talking to a 13-year-old girl. Yes, I like to make the breasts firm. I'm a bad boy, right? Hmm. He doesn't even know how bad he's going to end up before this conversation is over. I'm not a hunk, but cute butt, he says. Did I teasing you there? But I am hot and sexy. You have a sexy body. You're young. Thank you, she says. You're welcome. Yes. Hey, sorry, I got to go to bed and kind of sleepy, says Jenna's Jenna. Okay. Wishing I was 13, honey. Aw, I have too much pressure right now, he says. Bills and nowhere to live. Please do good in school so that you have better future than me. Aw, sorry, she says. Just be better than me, okay? What's wrong with you? I will be homeless very soon. Why? Oh, money. Please study hard for a better future yourself. This is always puzzling to me. And I suppose it's part of the grooming process where a potential predator tries to relate to a younger person, boy or girl, almost in a parental way, giving advice, breaking down these barriers that traditionally exist in society between adults and children. And then he talks about how he 
feels like a virgin. He's gone two years without sex. She says, oh, is that long? Yes. I am tired fantasy. Oh, it's bad. I did a few bad things on here a couple times. Mm -hmm. And he's about to do another. I did stripping. Mainly the woman showing her breast to me. Then I show mine. Bottom. It's bad, right? I don't know. Lots of people do it, she says. Have you seen it on here before? Again, he's introducing this idea of her sharing pictures of herself. Pornographic pictures. Now, this would be child pornography if she did it. Would you showing your breasts on here? No, LOL, she says. I don't even have a cam. Bad question. Oh, it's bad, all right. Then he says, I can making them hard. Just teasing you. Again, she's 13, and he knows that. Can I come see you? I know that would be bad. No, but I get in trouble. I trouble with Grandpa. Your Grandpa. Now, she lives with her aunt and grandfather. That's the story for the decoy. He would say, I'm a bad guy. Dirty old guy. But you're sexy, and I would be asking you if I can be kissing you. That's bad. He's already said that. That's been established. I would touching you all over your body. Would you let me? And the breasts and ass is where I love to kiss it. I'm a bad person, honey. And it's almost as if by admitting that he's bad, he's wrong, that this is going to be okay, that somehow he's going to be forgiven. I love breasts, he says. I need some to sucking on. Have you ever had yours sucking on before? No. Would you wanting to? Might probably someday. By me, I don't know, LOL. He ultimately sends a picture of his genitals. Says, I do love to stripping. Would you like to see me stripping? Wow, LOL. No, he says, LOL. Up to you, LOL. I am too shy to, he says. Well, that's not true because he does it. Can you handle seeing my body but no face? And he sends these images of himself. And then warns her, just be careful for a guy like me, okay? Like, he's going to be okay to come over and violate this 13-year-old girl, but another guy, no. He goes on more in the transcripts, kissing, touching. I know that I am too old for you, but I am bad guy, Jenna, if I come to see you. I would want to have fun with you. That's bad. Sex, honey. That we touching each other. No clothing on. Oh, LOL, she says, that bad? I would love your breasts and be naughty with you. But would me be nude scare you? My thing will get very hard at standing. And now, you know, here he's talking about a sexual act in childlike terms. Would you touching my stick? You want me to? Only if you'd like to try. Have you done it before? Done which? Touching the penis? It bad, he says, asking you to touch. Kinda did that, she says, my ex-boyfriend. Do you have lots of hairs down there? Some, lol. Nice. Do you ride on him before? Then he talks about her riding on him and him wearing a condom, C-O-N-D-U-M. More about sucking her breasts. Asks if she's got a girlfriend who'd also like to see. Again, about how his behavior is so bad. Wishing I can see you. The decoys never really turn on a webcam. They'll send pictures that we have obtained of, you know, people we know, children, but not in sexual 
acts or anything like that. Nothing suggested. I need sex, he says. And goes on and on and repeats himself over and over again. And there's talk of more graphic activity. If I see you, would we have sex? What do you think? Might be cool, she says. But we cannot fuck, honey. Oh, why? I have no condom. That's why. But then he talks again about if I wear a condom, you can ride me. I think it's clear from this transcript that he would do anything he could get away with. Even though he admits it's wrong, she's a minor, he could get in trouble. Asks, can I finger fuck you if you like? Have you seen a sex movie before? Talking about things they could explore together. Lee also had a phone conversation with a perverted justice contributor before he came over to our sting house. And again, there is a little bit of a language barrier, but you can tell pretty clearly that he's excited, number one. Number two, willing to come over. And three, is completely okay with having sex or trying to have sex with a 13-year-old girl. Hello. Uh, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm just getting out of my sister now and just getting ready to go up to you. Okay. Are you in your car yet? Yes, I am. Five or three. Oh, good. That's nice. Well, I'm excited. Is this, is this your, your phone that you call me? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. He's very calm and even seems to be talking in a manner that would be consistent with a child understanding, uh, trying to be soothing. And again, this is consistent with the grooming process. Oh, I was saying, what would you like to talk about? I don't know. I was just, you know, a little bored and decided to give you a call since you're already on your way. Ooh. He asks what she wants to talk about. And she tells him, as you can hear, you can hear her part better than his part, that she just wanted to make sure he was on his way. And he says, ooh, it's excited. Mm-hmm. I am bored too, but I think I find you very attractive. I find you very attractive, he says. I find that you're very fun to talk to. Thank you. I, I like talking to you too. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, how was your date today? It was uh, very busy. Mm-hmm. And I was... I got kind of scared a couple of times and I tried to call you. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, I hope I didn't wake you up because I know that you need to sleep. Mm-hmm. Why were you scared? Sleep. Well, you need your beauty sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because I guess both of them went to falling asleep around 3, 3.30. Uh-huh. And you need your eight-hour sleep, correct? He had tried to call her a few times late in the night. He says that he was afraid, scared. And, and I'm thinking the next thing he's going to say is he was afraid to come over because she was 13. But what he really says is that he was afraid to awake her because she needs her beauty sleep. Yeah, I like eight hours if I can. <laughs> yeah. Did you get enough sleep? Uh, not bad. I, uh, I'm always sleep around six hours. Mm-hmm. I got up this morning around... Well, I said a lot about six hours. So mm-hmm. I got a good three hours sleep. Yikes. It's not that bad. 
Well, as long as you're okay with that, that's cool. Oh, I'm okay with that. Hmm. That's good. So, um, but what were you doing today then? I was like, oh, like at work. What? Well, I got out of work, but a little bit late today. He talks about his lack of sleep. He talks about how he was busy at work at the printing shop. And all this, remember, is during his 90-minute ride between where he's living and the girl's house. So, well, what the fuck do you like to do? Tonight? Or, like, what do I like to do for uh, fun? Tonight. Um, I don't know what you were mentioning, like, online, you know, that sounds nice and stuff. Okay, that's cool. Hey, and like I said, let's get wild, right? And then he tries in this conversation because he's apparently wanting to guarantee that there's going to be a sexual liaison. He tries to compare school learning with a book to the kind of sexual education that he can provide for this girl. And again, this is a continuation of the grooming process. Every day we learn something new, correct? Correct. And I love to learn things. It's just always good to learn. You know, like school, we can open the book and, you know, study and learn, but hey, nothing compared to outside learning. Don't you think so? That's true. Very good way to look at it. And then he gives her, and again, she's 13, at least that's what she's told him, his philosophy on life and how to be a happy guy. You know, I miss my teammates today. You know that? Can I make a suggestion to you? Mm Mm-hmm. Enjoy every day. I will. You know, okay? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, we all get stressed and sometimes we get worried. So I think the best thing is, you know, you talk, you smile, and, you know, you try the best. You know, every day we try the best we can to do better things. The contributor from Perverted Justice and all of them really are masterful at sounding like the role they're playing, age-appropriate. And it really gives us an insight into the mind of a predator because he's committed at this point. He's coming over. And as much as he'll try to fall on his sword and admit that he was wrong and all of that, it doesn't matter because if we weren't there and a 13-year-old girl was, he would have committed rape. And then here comes 38-year-old Owen Lee. Hi. Walking into our house in Flagler Beach, Florida. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. People don't always realize that physical symptoms like headaches, teeth grinding, and even digestive issues can be indicators of stress. I often say that pressure makes diamonds, meaning that a little stress can keep you on your toes. But the reality is, after a week like the one I just had, doing predator investigations and traveling around on other projects, the stress can get to you. And you need to talk to somebody. I need to talk to somebody. It's important. You need to release that stress and put the pressures of everyday life into perspective. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. Give it a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress. Predators I've Caught listeners get 10% off their first month. 
at BetterHelp.com slash Hanson. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Hanson. Now, this is a neat sort of beach house bungalow right across the street, as I mentioned, from the beach. And you pull into the driveway, and we had it all wired with camera. There was a little area, another structure on the property where the Flagler Beach police could be and were. Very professional department, especially for a small town. And only walks in, and the first thing he does... Now, remember, he's here to have sex with, to violate a 13-year-old girl. And what does he do first? He takes off his shoes. He's okay with raping a child, but he doesn't want to dirty up the floors of the carpeting. And he walks in, and the on-site decoy we had for this particular investigation was a young woman who looked younger than she was. Blonde, very attractive, cute kid. And as the investigation continued, she gained confidence in terms of being able to talk face-to-face with the predator. And she does. And she does it very well. And we had done a threat assessment, both the police and Ronnie Knight, my security, my protector, and sort of looked at this guy as, of course, he's a danger to a child if he was alone with a child, but in terms of bringing a gun or committing any physical harm, likely not. And so this chat continues. I'm going to play a little bit for you here. Wow, did you decorate this? <laughs> no. This is cool. Yeah. Just like restaurants. <laughs> it's a little hard to hear with his accent, but he asks if she decorated the house. We had seashells and a lot of beachy-like decorations in the sting house. He says it's very cool. Looks like a restaurant, he says. Did you bring anything? No, I didn't. You didn't? I didn't stop by the place. Okay. Can you hear me go get it? No, it's okay. Yeah. The decoy asks if he brought anything, as you heard there, meaning condoms. He says no, but he offers to go get them. Now, at this point, we have to make a decision. Do you have the decoy say, okay, go get him and see if he goes to get the condoms and brings them back, or he's in the house to so just do the confrontation? And typically, we'll just do the confrontation. And so at this point, I come out from around the corner with the transcripts in my hand. He's startled, to say the least. Hi. Hi, how are you? What you doing here tonight? I want to say you about me over, say hi. She invited you over to say hi. Did you bring condoms with you? No, sir. But just a moment ago, you offered to go get some. Yes. So what does that say about your intent? Maybe if she wanted. Maybe if she wanted to, the two of you would have had sex. Maybe. Maybe. Yes. You know that's against the law, right? Yes, it is. I know. Lee is very polite, stunned, but he doesn't come apart. He's able to answer the questions. There is still a bit of a language barrier, but he understands what I'm saying, and I understand what he's saying. But I'm talking him through it. And he admits what he was doing was wrong. Now, he starts to try to tell me that she invited him over. And that's what these guys do. They always put the onus on the decoy. Well, she invited me over. He invited me over. I just came by to say hello. You know, and it's interesting because we always talk about the excuse. I was worried about the child of just coming over to hang out and make sure they were okay. And I heard that again in this last investigation just two weeks ago. More on that later. Anyway, back to Owen Lee. Well, I'm Chris Hansen. Yes, I'm Juan. Juan is And I'm with Dateline NBC, and we're doing a story on adults who try to meet 
kids online for sex. I agree apologize. I understand. Okay, then. Owen apologizes and leaves. Or heads to the door. He's still got to put his shoes back on that he took off. He passes all the seashells and the fake fish on the wall in our beach house. And off he goes into the arms of the Flagler Beach Police Department. Now, I didn't spend a long time questioning or talking to Lee because of a couple of reasons. One, it was a pretty straightforward case. He had told me as much as he was going to tell me, and we had another predator about to arrive. So you always have to weigh these things. Okay, I've got, you know, on Lee, who is an interesting character for a lot of reasons, but we don't know all those reasons in the moment. And I know that there's another guy coming who, you know, potentially could be even more significant. They're all significant. They're all interesting. But you have to also think about these moments and and not taking too much time with somebody after you've already gotten all the information you need. And again, we have to make that judgment. I have to make that judgment based upon what's in front of us, what's in the transcripts and what's about to happen. And there are a lot of unknowns, which is what makes this so compelling, I suppose. So... That was the end of my interaction with Owen Lee. He goes back to the Flagler Beach Police Department, and we have his interrogation there. And he basically tells the cops that he knew it was wrong, that he was willing to have sex with this girl. But the reason, and get this, the reason he says this is okay, or the reason why he did it, he never really says it's okay. The reason why he did it is because he had a bad marriage and hadn't had sex in two years. So this justifies it, apparently. A year now, since I'm married, I just don't have sex. I'm sorry to say that. It's a little bit hard to hear, but what he says is, for years now, since I'm married, I just don't have sex. I'm sorry to say that. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't party. I, I just go work. He says, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't party. I just go to work. And as we saw earlier in the transcripts, Lee was down on his luck financially. Desperate. Lee was charged with three felonies. It took a long while for Lee's case to finally be resolved in court. He was charged with attempted lewd and lascivious battery, lewd and lascivious exhibition, That's from the genitalia pictures he sent. And computer pornography, child exploitation. Now, it took a while for this to get through the court system. And ultimately, in 2009, he pleaded guilty. He didn't have to go to prison, but he got a lengthy period of probation. Ten years. And he had the usual restrictions and ultimately had to register as a sex offender. So we don't have any indication that he had been arrested again. But here's the interesting thing about Owen Lee. In 2011, he is caught lurking around a children's bus stop. And this made the news in the Orlando area. And he never really physically approached any of the children. But it creeped a lot of people out. The kids, 
their parents, and the police did investigate. In fact, it made the WFTV website in November 2011. That's the ABC affiliate in uh, the Orlando area, Channel 9. Neighbors in an East Orange County community said they're fed up with a registered sex offender, that's Lee, who has allegedly been lurking around children. Parents said Owen Lee watches their children at the bus stop at Econolanchi Trail and Kinlock Drive. Parents want Lee gone because they fear he might go after one of their children. Now, that certainly is a concern. I mean, here he is, a registered sex offender because of our sting, pleaded guilty, and he's watching these kids at their bus stop. And the kids are obviously frightened about this. And the article goes on to talk about how he appeared on To Catch a Predator and that he was jailed and the charges he faced. And they sent a reporter out there to check it out. And the reporter confirmed all this had happened. He was acting, Lee was, like he was on the phone with somebody. And these, these kids were all in about eighth grade. And they could figure out that, in fact, he was watching them, pretending to be busy chatting, doing something else. They called the sheriff's office three times, according to this report. And the station actually went to Lee's home when deputies were there to talk to him. But apparently he wasn't breaking any laws because he was far enough away that he didn't violate his sex offender registration. So a lot of attention was brought to this and apparently he stopped doing it. And as far as we can tell, he has not offended in any other way. But I'd be afraid too if I was one of those parents. Absolutely. And what purpose does it serve for Lee? I mean, there's no good reason for him to be there. But again... The polite predator, sometimes I think, can be the most dangerous predator. And that could have been the case had we not caught on Lee. As you know, I like to hear from you. And I encourage all of you to send me your questions in an audio file if you have time to do it. This week's question comes from Jay Simmons from Hamilton, Ontario, one of our Canadian listeners. Hey, Chris. This is Jay Simmons from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Love the work you're doing. I think it's amazing. So uh, my question of the day is, why do so many predators ask the decoy if they're cops? And then if they get the response, no, do they actually believe that it's not a cop? Like, what started that rumor, that theory? I know uh, that uh, Jeff Stacy. he said he had friends that were druggies, and they told him that you can ask that. And if they say they're not a cop, they're not a cop. So anyways, I just wonder why literally every predator says that. Anyways, keep up the good work. Love what you're doing. Take care. Jay, that's an excellent question. And I've seen it time and time again in the predator investigations, even the ones we're doing now. Virtually without exception, the predator asks, are you a cop? Sometimes in a joking manner, sometimes in a very serious manner. And I think if you trace it back, and I saw this many years ago as a young reporter covering drug cases, there is this urban legend, this myth, that if you're committing wrong and that you're the focus of a sting operation, if you ask, are you a cop, that the cop has to tell you they're a cop 
or if an informant is asked, if they're working with police, you have to tell them. And that is not a part of the entrapment defense. It became part of criminal lore, I suppose. And it just became very popular in the minds of people committing crimes that they had to be told if, in fact, they were part of a sting operation, if they're asked. In other words, I caught you, so now you have to tell me, and this is no longer any good. This is entrapment. And it's just, it's absolutely false. They don't have to tell you. And you can still be arrested, obviously, because so many predators have been arrested. But it's interesting you bring that up, Jay, and it's it's a good question. Thank you for, for checking in with us. If you have a question for me, you can reach me at chris at predatorpodcast.com. As always, you can find me on my YouTube channel. Have a seat with Chris Hansen. We've got some new crime content coming, including an exclusive first look at our most recent predator investigation. I'm also on Cameo and on social media, as you know. I'll chat with you in a week. In the meantime, I'll be watching and listening.